The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. CIO Talk Radio is sponsored by HP Data Center Services, Cloud Computing Services, and Workplace 360 Services. Are you ready for an instant-on world? Welcome to CIO Talk Radio with your host, Sunjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Here's Sunjo Gall. Good morning and welcome to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Today's topic is CIOs, how to survive the change to a new normal. And our guests for today's show are Tim Peterson, who is the Executive Vice President and CIO with Wellmark Blue Cross Blue Shield in Des Moines, Iowa. Good morning, Tim. How are you? I'm doing well, Sanjog. How are you? Very good. And life is treating you good? Treating me very well. It's, uh, it's, I'm looking forward to uh, this discussion today, and thanks for having me. Uh, the pleasure and honor is all ours. And we also have Nick Callisto, who is the Vice President and CIO with Hanovian Enterprises. Good morning, Nick. Good morning, Sanjog. Good morning, and so, uh, so at your end, uh, where you come from, how's the weather, how's life, how's family and work, of course? How's it's, that going? It's raining as usual in New Jersey these days, and uh, that's always been uh, the case the last couple of weeks. And uh, life is great. My daughter just graduated high school, and uh, it's, uh, it's a good time for us. Very good. So it's a positive note, and that's where perhaps this topic is pretty timely. So we went through a lot of turbulence and also transition, number of different variables in our business environment changing, economic environment changing globally, and people had a tough time just dealing with. So now maybe perhaps the dust is settling a little bit. So the question comes uh, to the surface, is that now what? What should we do? Is the honeymoon period over or where we were told that, okay, you hunker down since it is too fast of a change? So now that the change has happened and we moved into a totally a different era, Tim, starting with you, do you think we have uh, seen all the changes that were about to happen and we are now at a stable state and now we should start thinking, uh, what's next or what do I do differently today? Well, I think, you know, certainly, of course, depends upon the industry that you're in. But, uh, you know, as you mentioned, uh, a ton of change that we're seeing. I think a lot of uh, is brought about by economic pressures, different changes within the industry. I think we're seeing a tremendous amount of technological innovation. Uh, the industry that I come from is healthcare, which is uh, going through a massive amount of change. So certainly a lot of change that has occurred. Uh, but I, I think we'll um, I think we'll continue to see it, and I think uh, what's unique maybe is that the combination of these forces, I think the velocity uh, is something pretty unique. So I, I definitely think that there's more to come. Now, uh, when you say that that there is more to come, then what is it that you would think uh, you would want to do differently, or would you say not do much different till the time I know what my final state is going to be? You know, I, I think um, you, you need to certainly not become uh, overwhelmed with the uh, the hype. Uh, I think uh, it's easy to kind of uh, rush out there and, and get a little bit, um, you know, potentially start to spin up a lot of projects, deploy a lot of capital. 
uh, I, I don't think it's a, a time to certainly sit idle, uh, but it uh, is absolutely, uh, I think you need to kind of understand the, uh, you know, certainly have your vision, have your game plan and execute, but um, I think, uh, you know, it's, again, with the uh, the economic pressures, I think there's increased uh, scrutiny over, over the investments that you do make, and, and I think you need to, to make sure that there's clear ROI on, on those investments. Now, Nick, when you when you look at this whole environment, the way it is changing, how warm and fuzzy do you really feel? Yeah, I think the, uh, what, what's, what we're finding is that the, the more structure you have um, in, in your shop, the, the less anxious you become uh, for the next you know new hot technology. And I think you know, the term "new normal" as as it's put, you know, is a bit amorphous and, and uh, can conjure up a lot of different references for people. You know, I think consumerization of IT and mobility and big data and cloud computing has been have been like defining elements, right, uh, for CIO conversations over the last last year or so. And I think you know, while all these technologies are helping companies shift from say you know cost containment to, to value creation, we hear a lot about that. Um, however, uh, it's changing so much. So I think it, what CIOs need is a, is a framework uh, that includes you know practical strategies and, and tactics, and I think to help us address t- t- that transition. And I think. And that's where I get warm and fuzzy if I know I have a framework I, I can rely on. Now, that being CIO and that being IT, where we traditionally were always uh, able to successfully build structure and were able to thrive in it. Now, uh, Tim, coming back to you, what do you think the business cares about? Because, frankly, big data or virtualization and cloud, while they are game-changing in the way businesses operated, et cetera, but that is a means to an end versus the end in itself. So what is business seeing when they say, when they look at in the new normal or the now normal, what is it that their expectations are from the business itself? And then you just happen to deliver on that. You know, I, I think the the business certainly expects uh you or you as the IT or leading the IT organization and, and, and that team uh, to understand their business. Uh, I think uh, so many times, uh, uh, you know, I think IT has been viewed a little bit as a, uh, in some cases, a back office utility function, um, and, you know, kind of a transaction type of a shop and can sometimes be insulated from the business and the market dynamics and the customers that we're here to serve. And I think, uh, so I think the first thing that we, we need to do is make sure that we understand uh, what those business dynamics are. I think, um, you know, uh, IT is very much a kind of a solution-oriented function, which can lead to a little bit of an order-taking mentality. So, you know, sit back, wait for the requirements, design a solution around that, and deliver it back to the business, I don't think is good enough. I think we have to be out in front with our business partners, again, understanding the dynamics that they face, the changes in the industry, and really, really work with them to kind of anticipate what solutions are needed, kind of deduce what the requirements are. So I think it really starts with, um, you know, being much more in tune with the market dynamics, especially given all the uh, state of change that we're in. So, Nick, do you think this is same old, same old deja vu, or is it something that even has startled you as an, uh, an experienced and accomplished IT leader and or surprised you or shaken you? Yeah, I'll try, I'm going to try to avoid too much technology in, in, the, in the talk, but I think just to kind of set expectations for the, for the audience and sort of bring back some of the, the realities and not make it too academic. Um, you know, I think the rapid change in technologies and services you know, all have – you know, varying degrees of, of opportunities and, and, and challenges. So, you know, some of this is uncharted path. Uh, some of it's 
pretty well charted. You know, you know personally, the one that gives me the most concern, uh, and I think a lot of CIOs would share this, is, is the consumerization of IT. You know, so I've talked about lots of things before. I mentioned you know mobility and big data and, and cloud computing, but the one that gives us concern, I think, um, is consumerization of IT because it, it, while it promises so many advantages in terms of work, worker productivity and satisfaction and cost savings. It also has potential for you know, uh, you know lots of security breaches and, and a network loss of customer enterprise data, intellectual property. So that one keeps me up to, uh, up at night. So you know it is uncharted, and I think that's uh, one of the areas that people uh, CIOs are, are are trying to contend with. You know, Sanjog, I just chime in on that one too, and I think. Um whether or not each of our businesses are, are typically viewed as a, you know, possibly a business-to-business model where we're not maybe dealing directly with, uh, you know, the purchasers aren't kind of the, the one-on-one individual consumers. I think um, I agree with Nick. It's the, the increased expectation, and I'm not sure if this is kind of propelled by the fact that we've got just a much greater degree of connectivity with each other by some of the technologies that Nick's mentioned, uh, mobility, all the social networks. I guess I think we're moving into a much more expected world, and by that I mean consumers are demanding near instant access to just about everything. They want flawless performance. And again, even if your uh, business model has been traditionally a B2B, uh, the consumer's indirect influence on that uh, model is having a tremendous impact, and we're certainly seeing it within healthcare. Now, uh, if you were to take a total business side of it or a socioeconomic trends, which also in, in, in a regular consumer's mind and or a business owner's mind or the executive management's mind would be that there are going to be smaller incomes, potentially. There could be government problems or shakeups. There could be lower consumer confidence and the overall growth of the economies around the world would be slower. Now, that's the normal or the new normal or the now normal that we are living in as, as the world around us. So how is that impacting the executive management to further create a directive for all their lieutenants, which could include the CIO, to say, help me deal with this, help me thrive in this? So, Tim, what would you say when you are not looking at basically technology or inside out, you're looking outside in and saying, yes, I have these new paradigm shifts from a technology standpoint, but I have a bigger problem to assist with? Yeah, I, you know, I think, uh, um, you know, certainly kind of as you indicated, the um, kind of, uh, I think the consumer is, is certainly uh, looking to be um, economical in their decision making. Uh, I think uh, they want a lot more choice. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think, again, I can relate it to, to our industry. Um, one of the things that we're struggling with is, uh, uh, the consumer who hasn't been a big part of the decision-making process in healthcare uh, really needs to be informed. Uh, so I think uh, transparency uh, is is absolutely critical in our industry. How do we uh, educate and arm the consumer so that they feel like they're being, uh, they feel like they're having a more efficient, effective kind of interaction with the system? And uh, so I think our first step is really how do we uh, enable them through different um, Transparency tools, better understanding the cost and quality of healthcare, uh, really understanding how healthcare works. So I think you have to educate the consumer around how to interact uh, with whatever whatever value proposition you're trying to sell. And, and again, in our case, uh, the consumer hasn't been a big part of that decision process in the past. 
Now, how much of this really, to you, Nick, is not exactly hype, but close to it? And you say, you know what? I've dealt with this before. There is no lack of resources and or confidence uh, when it comes to me being able to deal uh, with these challenges along with my crew. Or really, do you think there is uh, some fundamental shifts or changes or tweaking that you have to do in order to deal with this now normal? You know, I think, you know, several years ago, I made a controversial change in our lease management strategy and, you know, talking about tweaking, you know, and, you know, I moved from making it daily or weekly changes to our internal applications to quarterly, you know, integrated updates. That was a big change. So that became the new normal for, you know, Nani, and that was a big major shift. So when you talk about the new normal, it could be technologies, it could also be just practices you know, that you, that you put in place. And, and uh, you know, in this case, while it wasn't a perfect, you know, release management, you know, strategy, no, no release management strategy is perfect. It has become our new normal and has provided, you know, many, many benefits. So um, I think you have to look at the new normal as being practices and also technologies that you need to embrace uh, as a CIO. Now, if you were to go back to inventorying the top challenges, Tim, what would be your top two or three challenges with respect to dealing with this now normal you know again i i 'd relate it to uh, to to our industry and which I think has some themes that are um, we 've talked a little bit about already, but uh, we certainly are seeing a dramatic transformation in our business model. We are moving from again a traditional b two b to more of a b two c uh, model and dealing with a, a constituent um, that uh, I think wants to and should have a lot more uh, role in, in the healthcare process, i.e., the consumer. So uh, I think some the, the top challenges that we're facing really are um, how do we, again, transform our business model? How do we transform our systems that we have internally uh, to be much more consumer centric uh, instead of kind of more of a back office, kind of batch transaction oriented uh, IT shop? Uh, and I think, um, you know, how do we kind of get out in front with our business partners again and uh, and really help them as we kind of navigate, uh, especially in healthcare, a pretty um, a dramatic transformation of the industry overall. So so I, I think, um, you know, uh, again, consumerization is having a big impact, but how do we kind of really um, transform our systems to support that? Now, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, Nick, I'd like to uh, pose a question here. When we are trying to uh, do our uh, what would a typical day in the life of a CIO, what is it that you would like to change in that typical day so that you are not only just addressing the problems that have been presented to you, but also start proactively preparing for the, what's coming next? Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. We live in an instant-on world, mobile and connected. To compete, you want data center flexibility so you can adapt quickly to changing business needs while keeping information safe. Introducing Enterprise Cloud Compute Services, HP solution for managing secure servers, storage, and networks, delivered as a service. Pay only for what you need. Create order out of chaos. The instant on enterprise is here. 
Are you ready? Start shaping your cloud at hp.com. We live in an instant on world, mobile, connected, and fluid. Competing in this world takes a special kind of workplace technology that adapts to change, that allows seamless and personalized interaction. Introducing Workplace 360, HP's full lifecycle desktop management solution, delivered as a service. User subscriptions allow you to gain financial control and flexibility. The Instant On Enterprise is here. Are you ready? Visit hp.com for answers. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free 1-866-472-5790. Now back to the show, here's Sanjo Gall. Welcome back. So, uh, Nick, when we look at the day, at, at a typical day in the life of a CIO, yes, you've been, you know, living through many, many days since, you know, you've been doing this, uh, you're assuming this role. But now, when you look at it, are you able to separate out the urgent from the important, which means that not only address what's been presented to you, but also be able to pull a carve out some time to say, if this is going to be what I'm going to live with, uncertainty, uh, doubt, and perhaps not fear, but many other challenges, then I got to be proactively preparing for something. Yeah, I think I mentioned the word anxiety earlier. I think, you know, I think the anxiety that people experience, you know, when they try to address some of the topics that we mentioned before, some of these technology paradigms and, and some, some maybe some process and methodology paradigm shifts and agile computing is a good, good example of that. You know, you know, it's really they, they get more anxious based on the lack of structure that, that unfortunately exists in many, many IT shops, you know, um, and, and a lot of CIOs seem to react to the latest technology or the loudest customer or business partner, depending on your lexicon, you know, and I'll, I'll take a moment here to plug my new book here, if you don't mind, Sanjo. Could I, can I do that? Sure, please go ahead. <laughs> so I have a new book out called The CIO Playbook. It's coming out in August. It's, it's, it's on many on, online re, uh, uh, booksellers today. But I share a framework, and I think this is where I want to get this in because it's helpful to this conversation. I, I share a framework in the book, which, is a, which also provides a series of actual templates that I, I developed over the course of my career, and I've also enlisted the help of many, many CIOs out there to help me with, with the book. And you know, I, think, I think as an example, one of the steps I, I describe is how to really partner with your business. And, and Tim was mentioning that earlier on, um, to establish strong relationships with stakeholders to create you know, long-term you know, competitive advantage. And when I met up with Michael... Del Priori, who is the CIO of Church and Dwight, he spoke a lot about you know strategic planning and being integrated with that process. And, and Tim mentioned a bit about that earlier. Um, and what, what, he, what he said to me, he goes, you know, Michael said, you know, we don't, we didn't want to be in a situation where the business makes a request and we just react to it. You know, we wanted to be have our account managers be integrated into the process, the strategic planning process, and help develop the concepts and ideas. And having a, a documented strategic plan helps establish the context for making decisions on specific projects. And so what Michael has done is Michael has been very proactive, uh, and he's engaged his business with his lieutenants, and has become part of that business strategic planning process. And that's the difference between uh, a very reactive CIO that's waiting for someone to yell at them or ask for something, or, or versus one that's proactively working with the business to collaborate and define with the business you know, the, you know, the future for the company. 
Now, uh, Tim, when we actually drafted this topic, if you read it carefully, it says how to survive the change to a new normal. We were tempted to make it how to thrive during the change to new normal, but that thrive was too optimistic a term and or something that was not seen in the sentiment that was flowing around in the IT community and the business community overall. I was going to ask you about that. Using the words warm and fuzzy, too, are are some words that I haven't... uh heard or used in a while. So I don't, I don't know if that does say something about the new normal, but... Uh. <laughs> yeah, so, so exactly. So, so do you think our uh, approach, and you know what, the, 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 the actions that we take is based on where our mind is. So if our mind is just to survive the new normal, then we would be perhaps trying to see what's come next versus thriving where we would be more proactive. So if you look across your counterparts in other companies and your technology leadership in general, do you see the sentiment to just survive is what's prevailing or there is a a larger or an increasing percentage of organizations and their leaders who say we want to thrive even though, yes, the change is unprecedented, something we've never seen before? I'm optimistic. I think organizations are really organizing their resources, organizing their agenda to to thrive, um, uh, there is a certainly an element of uh, you know making sure that you know we can weather the storm. So making sure that we've got the uh, strong balance sheet and, and a strong set of financials. Uh, but I think those that uh, sit back and, and get into pure survival mode uh, and don't uh, take this opportunity to innovate out of this set of constraints that we're in. Again, economic pressures, changing industry. Uh, you know, the, the, their competitors, their, um, and competitors that maybe they haven't even thought of before as, as competitors will, will have their lunch. So I think you, again, you need to be moving. Uh, you need to take advantage of this opportunity to, uh, to innovate and to come out with solutions. And, and I think if you just get stuck in survival mode, you'll, and I, I know I've harped on this point a little bit, uh, before, and, and Nick mentioned it, um, if you fall into this order-taking mode, uh, I, I think you'll continue to be relegated as more of a, a back-office function. And I think our businesses need us, uh, our IT function, to be out in front with them, helping them chart a path uh, to navigate this uh, new normal. And and I think kind of falling back into survival mode and kind of hunkering down is, is a, a dangerous proposition. So, Nick, do you think the... The new normal is also something which is changing fast and it's a moving train. Or do you think whatever, uh, you know, disruptions and and ripping apart and rebuilding was to happen has already happened. And now we are just kind of it's like a a day after the the, the degree uh, six or seven earthquake. Um, So you're saying is it is it are we we, is it the new normal now or is it uh, it's like a moving train. So what I'm saying is, like, even though you, we have seen the changes that are happening, are, is it still changing, or do you think this is a day after uh, a major earthquake where everything was changed and now we know what to do next? Like in Haiti, what happened the day after? No, I, I think it's just it's it's just it's just happening. I don't think it's you know something happened yesterday and it's 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 like Haiti. I don't, I don't think I don't look at it that way. I think you're you're constantly you know you know it's a transition. I think. You're preparing your IT organization for the new normal is like a transition that is not all that different from, say, exercising your your physical body to prepare for a marathon. It's, I don't think it's a sprint, Sanjog. If this is answering your question, it's more of a marathon. I think that you know, as as organizations are 
you know, it's good. To, it's going to make tweaks as an organization, but I don't. But it should be part of your overall strategy. Um, and it's not like you're going to change everything all at once tomorrow. It's part of that, that marathon. I, I I typically work with my, with my team and, and business stakeholders to create, you know, that a strategic plan. And in that plan, you know, I'm I'm putting objectives in there to uh, be proactive about, you know, satisfying, you know, either uh, financial issues or you know, new practices that I want to employ in my, my in my department to be more efficient or dealing with new technology trends and, and being able to be proactive about that. So, you know, like a minor tweak would be, you know, maybe creating a, an SLA that uh, describes a portfolio of products, but maybe a big disruptive change maybe in, for the company might be instituting a governance framework uh, where that ha- that in a company that has a, a culture of being very highly entrepreneurial, you know, and that will, that will make you lose a few hairs there, you know, if, if you put something like that in place. And that might be a little more disruptive, but something you've got to, you know, plan out in advance. Now, Tim, do you think that you would want to um, imagine that the, all the changes that we are talking about here, they have already happened, and you now are trying to make a change in your organization, knowing that all these changes that have happened is going to take care of all the the new challenges that we are going to get, or you are saying, I'm going to make incremental changes only, and I'm going to build a strategic plan only to know that a year or two from now, that plan may no longer be relevant. Because when we're talking about strategy, we make some assumptions. We take some parameters that govern those assumptions. But those basic parameters themselves or environmental factors are themselves changing. So do you yeah. think you can, a CIO can have a strategic plan, period? Yes, absolutely. Uh, and I think uh, if you don't, uh, I think, again, you fall into that reactive mode and and, uh, and you start chasing things without uh, a set strategy. Uh, I think you need to have a strategy. Uh, I think um, maybe what's changed is the kind of the, how far forward you look in that plan. Uh, I think uh, one to three years is still uh, healthy. I think anything beyond that is uh uh, depending upon how much resources you apply to it, might not be uh, uh, completely worth the time. But um, you know, I think one thing that's unique uh, uh, within healthcare is we do have a, a you know, if you want to call it a, a major event uh, occurring around healthcare reform, and uh, the Supreme Court is getting ready to make a decision at the end of this month on the uh, constitutionality of a, a particular piece of that legislation. Uh, but I would say a number of uh, payers, health insurers in our industry are looking at that, uh, going, okay, well, you know, depending upon wherever that decision goes, uh, there's still some things that need to occur in terms of modernizing the healthcare industry. So, you know, so in our industry, there is an event uh, that I think will spark a lot of activity, uh, but I don't think you're seeing, again, folks related to healthcare uh, waiting for that decision and then going to adjust and then do their strategic plan. Uh, so I think you need to have a plan. You just need to be ready to know when to flex it. Now, Tim, do you think because of the, the sweeping change in the very healthcare industry that's happening, do you get the immunity that is given to a weatherman where they can predict something, but if it doesn't happen, guess what? It was not something they could control. <laughs> I, I don't know of uh, of any payer uh, or health insurer that gets much immunity at all, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, I, I think um, you know. I think there's again going to be a lot of there's a lot of constituents at, at um, with different set different set of incentive structures in place. Uh, but uh, I think everyone needs to come together to help solve it. And I don't think anyone 
uh, will be given a pass uh, if uh, you know if if you're trying to forecast what you know what way you know a certain decision is going to go for example with the supreme court again i don't think folks are as zeroed in on that as they are hey there's some real things that we need to do to help transform the industry and and again kind of bringing it back to consumerism is how do we help make uh the consumer have uh you know a more informed uh kind of effective experience in the system and uh and that needs to occur regardless of of a supreme court decision So Nick when you look at the world at your end do you think your the changes that you want to see happen which also have a dependence on some external constituents are they being as supportive to what you want to achieve because while you could be given the the uh, responsibility and accountability but you might be deprived of the authority to influence the change that you want to or perhaps the people who you want to influence have got way many other sets of parameters or paranoia which might prevent them from being able to follow what you're trying to lead them to yeah I, i've been i've been very fortunate at, at kab nanning because like when i joined the company back in uh, 2000 late 2005 it was very entrepreneurial and and our, our ceo wanted to become much more uh, have standardized standardized business processes, standardized a software platform. So I've been charged with making that happen across the organization. So I've got a lot of a lot of cover <laughs> in order to do that. And I've and I've done it with uh the business leaders across the organization, not to them. You know, so that's why I I referenced a couple of things like the new governance framework, you know, these are new concepts for for a company that was really highly decentralized and high, highly entrepreneurial and it took took years to to get it to all to gel but i I've, i've been real I've been very favorable uh very well blessed from um the presidents and the leadership team here corporate to uh make all this come together but it, it hasn't been without resistance of course right so leading change is all but it's certainly going to be met with uh you know resistance and you know it wasn't like it was a sweeping change i i i like to test out new concepts and, and gradually you know uh roll them out and and Sanjog you know I learned a long time ago that you know what may work really well in one company that I may have learned at Pepsi or at uh Priceline may not work well for another and I think everyone learns differently and I there's a great quote I like to say you know you know from Will Will Rogers he he once wrote that there are three kinds of men ones that learn by reading a few that learn by observation and the rest of them have to pee on an electric fence to find out for themselves <laughs> So, so I okay. think so uh, I I'd rather not be the guy that has to be on the electric fence. So I think uh you know we just gradually, you know, look at uh some concepts, we test them out in maybe one division if it works well, you know, maybe a new technology, a new business practice, etc. and then we we get the, the rest of the organization to align on that and then we roll it out and becomes a national standard process or national technology as part of our footprint. Thank you. I think that might be our cue to go to a break. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a quick break listeners we'll be right back and you know what when we come back um we will we will pose this question and Tim I'm going to ask you this that what makes you nervous cuz this particular change to new normal has shaken the best of us and what is it that you are or where all or who all are you looking up to for guidance on uh, guidance on which all areas because i'm sure you know we all all are not perfect we do not have all the faculty and the talent to deal with any possible problem that we are faced with today so we'll come back and explore now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop take voice america on the go and listen anywhere get our mobile app for iphone blackberry or android at the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market
We live in an instant-on world, mobile, connected, and fluid. Competing in this world takes a special kind of workplace technology that adapts to change, that allows seamless and personalized interaction. Introducing Workplace 360, HP's full lifecycle desktop management solution, delivered as a service. User subscriptions allow you to gain financial control and flexibility. The Instant On Enterprise is here. Are you ready? Visit hp.com for answers. We live in an instant on world, mobile and connected. To compete, you want data center flexibility so you can adapt quickly to changing business needs while keeping information safe. Introducing Enterprise Cloud Compute Services, HP's solution for managing secure servers, storage and networks, delivered as a service. Pay only for what you need. Create order out of chaos. The instant on enterprise is here. Are you ready? Start shaping your cloud at hp.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free 1-866-472-5790. Now back to the show, here's Sanjo Gall. Welcome back. So, Tim, what would make you nervous and what all are you looking for or which all areas are you looking for guidance uh, when it comes to this handling this new normal? And you can choose to answer either or or both questions. And if that is not applicable to you as you go about talking to folks in your organization or across other organizations, what's the, the what are those areas which is causing nervousness and where all are they seeking guidance? It, I th- what makes me nervous uh, really is, is I think, the cultural aspect. As uh, we've talked about a little bit, uh, the, you know, being much more in tune with our business, having to transform our function to be more uh, aligned to our business partners, understanding market dynamics. Uh, I think what makes me most nervous is do we have uh, the right culture, the right talent to help uh, in that transition? Um, again, I think... Uh, at least some of the environment that uh, I'm a part of and I think can apply across multiple industries is um, uh, IT has been, again, looked at as a very solution-oriented enabling function, and it certainly is those things. It's certainly enabler of other business processes, uh, but it's also part of the business. And, it, and it, uh, So I think, again, what makes me nervous is do we have uh, the right culture uh, to to help uh, with that transformation, the right talent. Uh, because as things change, I don't think uh, uh, the answer is using all of the same ingredients uh, to to be successful. Um, now, I'm not saying you need to toss out all of those ingredients. I think you need to invest in in uh, talent development um, into different training activities. Uh, so, uh, so that's kind of really what uh, makes me nervous is really helping transform the culture, transform the team uh, to be a part of this transition and, and to be successful in the new normal. Um, I think, you know, in terms of uh, where I would look for guidance uh, uh, internally as we, uh, we've uh, embarked upon uh, a pretty significant uh, change in our, in our structure, uh, our human capital HR function has been a big partner uh, in that, as we kind of transform the culture and get uh, implement uh, an organizational structure that's much more aligned to our business, 
uh, and much more in tune with our external stakeholders. I also think it's important to look, uh, again, in our case, uh, to outside industry examples. Um, And so I think as you think about things that are occurring, um, you know, as, you know, consumerism uh, is occurring, different types of uh, uh, pressures that we face from an external and regulatory environment, uh, I think it's... uh, it's, it's appropriate to start to look outside of industry and not just get stuck inside. So one of the things, for example, that you know, we look to financial services, we look to uh, consumer um, retail-type companies, uh, consumer commercial-grade software companies, uh, as in, and even in banking and finance, looking at as they kind of went through some pretty massive external regulatory changes, um, you know, is there, is there things that we can learn there? So... So I'd looked at, you know, don't get stuck just within an industry. So, Nick, as you went about uh, talking to a lot of other IT leaders, what is their underlying sentiment and where are, are they feeling nervous? Yeah, I think, I think IT professionals, this is what I really found loud and clear, they, they really appreciate, you know, structure and pragmatic advice. They really like to get down, you know, like, you know, from the 20,000-foot level down to, like, the 100-foot level to really understand things. And, and you, know, we, you know, IT professionals, generally speaking, have a, a predilection for methodology and process and policies. And generally, it's part of our DNA, right? That's why we got into this business in the first place. That's why we're not, you know, marketing executives, you know. And I think they want to face, all of us want to face a, a chaotic world, with, you know, equipped with an orderly approach. And I think, you know, the more order you have, because we have lots of demands. I mean, Tim and I constantly get bombarded with, demands from all facts of life, facets of life within our organization. So we have to be prepared. And if we've got great processes and structures to deal with the new report requests from the CEO or the COO and the, or the, the new change the sales consultant wants to make to the system, if we don't have processes to handle an executive request or a process to handle a, a, a request from the rank and file, you know, we're, we're, in a, we're in a tough spot. We're always going to be in this fire mode, right, right Tim? So and my, my advice is, you know, to, to ignore the hype and, and take time, really take time um, and read books, not just the tweets and the Facebook stuff, but read books and magazines, you know, attel, attend well-defined conferences. This is the pragmatic advice I'm hearing from the CIO peers out there that I've talked to, and talk to as many industry peers as possible. Get out there, talk to folks, and, and listen, and listen, obviously listen to the CIO talk, uh, talk radio as much as possible, of course, right, Sanjog? Yeah, um, sure. <laughs> right, perfect. You, get, you learn a lot. And then take time to learn and reflect on what you've learned so you can have a better chance of creating a great strategic plan with your business partners. And I think the more structure you apply to this, you know, it's just like program. The more structure you apply to it, the more successful you'll be. So, yeah, I, I think you have to, uh, I think along those same lines, uh, continuously be curious. Uh, I think mm. you, you need to uh, ask a lot of questions, as, as Nick mentioned. And I think... Um, I can get get out, talk to the customers, talk to, uh, you know, identify again industries and companies in those industries that you think have gone through similar types of challenges. But get out and and uh, certainly do the assessment to know what you have internally. But uh, get out into that external market and and really uh, understand what are some of the demands, what are the pain points, and and uh, and how do you help solve for them. Now, uh, Tim, so when you were to uh, do what you do every day and you try to make changes where the, the, the changes uh, and, and, and basically you made those changes, which one of those changes were the ones which were top of on, on, on your mind? And when you did make the changes, which were the ones which brought the most 
predictability and reduce the uncertainty that was related to new normal? You know, I, I think, um, you know, the, the, probably the most immediate change or, or question I had is did we have uh, the right structure uh, in place to to be flexible uh, in in our uh, strategy. So where we uh, did the structure encourage alignment to our to our business partners, and uh, I, that that was the thing that I, I zeroed in on pretty quickly. And uh, I think you got to get the foundation and the structure set, uh, get your team uh, uh, organized, and and that was the thing that um, you know that I, that I noticed pretty early on. Uh, I don't think it's uncommon for different IT shops to be organized around a particular function, sometimes even around particular technology flavors. And I think over time that kind of encourages focus on those particular functions, on those technologies, which, again, you need to have. But, uh, uh, you know, it doesn't uh, – it somewhat insulates you from uh, from from your business partners. So we uh, – uh, as I mentioned before, we implemented a pretty dramatic uh, change in, in our structure where we formed into multidisciplined service delivery teams. So we have project managers, BSAs, testers, developers, uh, all kind of together into a single delivery team that faces off to each of our business units. And I think once you get that foundation in place, you again, I think you drive that intimacy with the business, the, the challenges that they face, what solutions and, and um you know what, what challenges again that they're wrestling with, and, and help provide those solutions. So that, that's the that's the thing that I uh, I zeroed on in on pretty quickly, and I think we're seeing some pretty good results. Um, just encouraging that dialogue and and setting you know expectations around what uh, you know what 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 are kind of the roles and responsibilities. The expectation that we want our IT folks out talking to our business partners versus kind of again sitting back waiting to receive requirements. So. So that, I think that's important. Get the foundation in place. Now, what you just mentioned, would you call this restructuring? I, I would. Uh, I would. I think uh, <laughs> I might call it, uh, I won't call it survival. I know we use that, uh, hmm. uh, but I, I think these are, are, are necessary things. And, and uh, uh, you know, it does come down to, of course, it isn't just about, you know, making org changes and doing restructuring. You have to have you know, uh, clarity around roles and responsibilities. And I think if you've got that, you know, ultimately the, the structure uh, shouldn't matter, but I think you can uh, uh, open yourself up for uh, more opportunities if, if the structure uh, uh, helps support uh, what you're trying to do. Now, I learned some time back, and at least some people said, that re-engineering IT is a better route compared to restructuring, where you are fundamentally not, basically moving people around, but you see uh, individuals' capabilities, the processes, and, of course, everything else. So do you think the the time and the resources and the energy required to in- re-engineer is not currently present and available to the IT leaders for them to truly re-engineer versus be able to do whatever they can just by restructuring? Okay. Uh, you know, I, I don't depend. I'm not sure, you know, whether you call it re-engineering, restructuring, whether the... Uh, Tools are available to do uh, either one, or in particular, to do the reengineering aspect. Uh, I, I, I think the, the the tools are available. Again, um, you know, I, I'm not sure what you call it, but I, I think uh, again, it's it's about getting the foundation laid, getting um, uh, the structure in place, and and uh, it isn't just about um, 
what you know, shaking the birdcage, and you know, you know, they all land on different perches and kind of completely just recycling the ingredients. It's uh, you have to look at where you need to augment your talent. You have to look at where you need to grow talent that you already have. Uh, and uh, so there is a bit about getting the, the the right folks in the right seats, but um, but uh, you know I think uh, to think that the tools are not available uh, to embark upon a reengineering effort again um, is uh, I think a, a misguided principle. All right, let's take a quick break, and let's when we come back, uh, Nick, I'd like to uh, pose this question to you. Um, when we are trying to make any change and or if you see this type of a disruptive uh, change or a sweeping change or whatever that you may want to call it and you try to take uh, specific steps to handle them, do you think, do you see that also as an opportunity to do something different and actually uh, bring some incremental or more business value versus saying, okay, I have this mess, I need to clean this up, but while I'm at it, I'm going to do some innovation. So the key word here is innovation. So do you think that adversity has actually uh, provided you with the opportunity to innovate within IT and take it to the next level of maturity and, uh, you know, uh, basically be able to create more value? But let's explore that. When we come back, please stay tuned. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. We live in an instant-on world, mobile and connected. To compete, you want data center flexibility so you can adapt quickly to changing business needs while keeping information safe. Introducing Enterprise Cloud Compute Services, HP solution for managing secure servers, storage, and networks, delivered as a service. Pay only for what you need. Create order out of chaos. The Instant On Enterprise is here. Are you ready? Start shaping your cloud at hp.com. We live in an Instant On world, mobile, connected, and fluid. Competing in this world takes a special kind of workplace technology that adapts to change, that allows seamless and personalized interaction. Introducing Workplace 360, HP's full lifecycle desktop management solution, delivered as a service. User subscriptions allow you to gain financial control and flexibility. The Instant On Enterprise is here. Are you ready? Visit hp.com for answers. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free 1-866-472-5790. Now back to the show, here's Sanjo Gall. Uh, welcome back. So, Nick, the, the magic word is innovation. And while you are supposed to deal with whatever the changes are in an organization, but perhaps there could be a wow factor you could create by innovating or finding that as an opportunity to to fundamentally shift some of the way the things were done earlier because now you can rip it apart and you will be allowed to do so. So are you doing that or are people doing that? <laughs> 
Yeah, in fact, that's that's a you know one of our goals here at Havnani, and it's actually one of the a very large chapter in the book uh, in the CIO playbook as well. And yeah, we absolutely use the opportunity to lead change in the organization with our business partners to you know, transform the company to having more standardized processes, standardized systems. But we could have taken the easy road there and just put in new a new accounting system, a new purchasing system, a new home production system. But we we took the time to really digitize the the business processes and the integration amongst these, you know, these 10 different business processes that exist. So, you know, as, as an example, with, with homeowner service, you know, it's completely digital now. There's no paper involved in that process. So if a customer that buys a home wants to put a claim in for, for any kind of issue, they go onto a portal, they submit the ticket, it goes to our trade partners on their portal electronically. It's all paperless. It's all electronic. Uh, work gets done very, very quickly, and we're able to satisfy that customer. So, you know, we, we didn't have to do that to standardize processes, but we wanted to be very, very innovative along the way, and we've, we've embarked upon a significant service-oriented architecture, SOA, as part of this innovative effort that we made it uh, out to be. So, with, with this said, now I remember Tim mentioned that one of the challenges is the cultural side. So, Tim, do you think, what is it that you are changing in yourself to be a different type of leader, yes, for the better, of course, but a different leadership style, if at all that is going to be any different. And then what are you doing to impact the culture around you? Because for you to be able to effectively uh, do what you're supposed to do, perhaps you have to be the Pied Piper versus expecting other people to be so. Yeah, I, you know, I think what you know, I'm doing that's uh, maybe different than before, uh, and I think, again, in IT, you get into... Uh, execution mode and you uh, you stay focused on the goal and you're you're there to deliver a particular initiative you're there to uh to uh to really meet some sort of business need so you, it's i think it's easy to kind of fall into a mode of just you know staying relentless relentlessly focused on execution and that's kind of been uh you know a big part of kind of my uh, past uh, what i'm probably doing differently is spending more time on uh setting the vision um you know, again, kind of uh, communicating that vision, uh, spending more time with uh, with customers, understanding their uh, sort of kind of external constituents that consume uh, the services that uh, that we uh, provide, uh, and I think that's um, that's especially important. And and, I'll, and I've always been focused on uh, you know helping develop and and supporting soft skills. I think that's ex- extremely important as we navigate new normal or, or help. Uh, as Nick mentioned, uh, you know, in our profession, we, we like structure. Uh, we like uh, we're fairly analytical. So how do we help uh, our talent uh, deal and navigate ambiguity? So staying focused on soft skills like uh, influence management, uh, building relationships, change management, and so you know that's probably where I'm spending more time. It's always been a part of of how I've led, but uh, I think more important now to to really communicate and and uh, get folks to understand the vision, and then, you know, put, of course, uh, get the right team and leadership in place to help execute on that. Nick, what do you think are the fear, uncertainty, doubts, concerns, anxieties that have your crew members expressed, which you feel are legitimate and they need to be addressed for them to be able to support you in, you know, meeting the needs of the business? Uh, you know, I, I think it's just the demand. I think it's, it's grappling with the demand. We, you know, we're all doing you know more with less. I mean, I'm sure Tim is in the same boat. You know, we, we've had a, we had probably the, the worst effect from the, the downturn than most most industries. But you know, we are definitely doing more with less. 
Uh, I think the structure has helped us. I mean, I, I've, I've hit, I probably hit, you know, a number of different areas in terms of making lots of changes over the last couple of years with respect to innovation, with respect to how we deliver our products and services, our service you know, level agreement and what services we provide, talent management. I've, I've uh, used the word re-engineer. I definitely have re-engineered and restructured over the years uh, to make that, make that come together. So, yeah, I think that what they contend with now, uh, along with myself, is just you know, keeping up with demand. And making sure we, you know, we have to be we have to be ready to be able to say to say no. I mean, you know, one thing I I, I talk to my folks about is not to be afraid to say no to a business partner uh, that is demanding something that's just uh, not realistic. You know, so um, I think it helps you keep your focus on on the game. And uh, you know, as long as you're working with them, as, as Tim and I both have expressed with strategic planning, and you know, the, the day you ink that strategic plan, I get it. You know, you have to be agile too. It, you know, the day you ink it, something's going to change, right? But I think there's some key things on that plan you want to stick to and not get distracted from the bigger, the bigger picture, the table stakes. You know, that you want you want to be able to execute against. So I think that what we deal with, Sanjog, to answer your question is, you know, is, is managing that demand and, and, and leading and leading expectations, not managing expectations, leading expectations with our business partners. So, uh, you know, Tim, this is the last question I'm going to ask you. Uh, when you look at your the people around you, how what are what's your appeal to them? How are you telling them help let help me help you? So, I, I think you first, uh, uh, you know, and I guess you know to understand the question, Sangjog. I, I think people around me, if it's you know, if, if we're talking about maybe fellow CIOs or, or uh, you know, other folks that are in similar positions and, and what I could offer them uh, in, in, uh, in terms of just, you know, advice if they, if they would want to hear it. Uh, again, I, I know I've uh, banged this drum a fair amount in this conversation, but I think it's again, absolutely critical to just uh, know your business uh, and understand how you can help grow it and advance it. Um, being aligned to your business partners and your external stakeholders is absolutely key. And again, I talked about, I think our profession is viewed as a, uh, a bit more of a technical thing, uh, more of a utility or a pure enabler of business need. And I think it's certainly those things, but it's also, I think you need to view uh, our IT organizations on, on equal footing with other business units. And how do you serve as a differentiator for the business or a strategic asset? Uh, so I guess that's what I could what I could offer uh, out there in terms of just uh, how I could help uh, others and at least what I've learned in my past. 30 seconds. Nick, what are the top three things that you would advise your fellow CIOs that they should do starting today who may be suffering from that FUD factor, which is fear, uncertainty, doubt, so that they could get over it and start working towards not only the surviving in the new normal, but more working towards thriving? Yeah, you know, first, you know, definitely read the book, the CIO playbook. <laughs> I had to get that in there. Um, but I also think that, you know, you know over the course of over your career, you, you, you certainly develop, you know, um, uh, certain what I'll call touchdown passes that uh, that uh, you use and for the right situations, right? And I think I think you have to develop the touchdown passes that work for you, you know. And you know, I'll say, you know, as I mentioned one earlier, is don't be afraid to say no. You know, if you've created a strategic plan with your business and you've you've lined up all the stars and you're working towards that, and there's some curveball that comes along, don't be afraid to say no and and uh, explain the impact of what that would do to your team. So I said that's absolutely uh, one thing you have to consider. I think you have to consider you know making sure you've got you, you create order to the to chaos by creating a governance structure so that you know how to 
manage demand, which we have done, I think, pretty effectively. Uh, and uh, I think you have to really think through how you, you build your team and, and, and you put a lot of talent management programs in place, which I spent a lot of time discussing, you know, to make sure that you can retain your staff and to, to grow and motivate them. Thank you so much, both um, Tim and Nick, because it looks like that, you know, at least with the two progressive CIOs here who spoke about the different ideas, uh, we would like to see if the rest of the world listens and also follow suit so that we do not just survive, but thrive the change uh, when as we are moving into the new normal or for that matter, the now normal. Thank you so much again. Thank you for having me, Sanjay. Thank you. And uh, listeners, if you have any questions or thoughts, send us to views at CIOtalkradio.com. That is views at CIOtalkradio.com. Thank you again for listening to CIO Talk Radio. This is Sanjog All, talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Join Sunjal Gall next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific for another hour of CIO Talk Radio.